We're looking at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, just a couple of verses that we'll be looking at today. Romans chapter 8, verse 37, 38, and 39. Now, in these verses, it really helps us to understand that he is the one who has given us the victory, that our victory is in Jesus. And that really is what we want to proclaim today. And all the things that are going on around us and all the, the issues that are happening in our world, and even inside our church, what we want to proclaim is that Jesus is the one to whom we look toward, who has the victory that we find for our lives, for our church, for our community, for our families, for all those around us. And Paul, in this verse, tells us that. He gives us a clear focus on the understanding that our victory is in Christ. He helps us to know how we live that out and what that happens when we go out in the world around us, how that lives out in our life wherever we go and the things that we're doing, this victory that we find in him. So if you have your Bible in Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 37, he says to us, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. Now that is a great statement. I'd love to go in and read that, but if you if you have a Bible that you mark in, that you write in, you can just take a pen and underline that. Man, you can you can live in that verse, you can rest in that verse, you can rest in that little phrase that he gives us right there. You can just you can just park there and stay there. Somebody said this week, you just you can just park right there. Because that in itself really is what we look toward. It is that what gives us the victory that we have in Christ. And all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For, he says, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What is a great opportunity. Amen. Yeah, what a great verse just to help us to understand that we are victors in Christ. That's who we are. The first thing we need to see that is that victory is living in his presence. How we live in his presence as he has given us new life as we walk inside that. Now in this verse, Paul starts out by saying, no, no. That's the first thing he says. He says, no, no what? Nay. It's, a, it's an idea of there's a, there's a change in what he has been saying. And he says in this verse, in all these things, no, no, in all, and, and so I ask the question, in all what things? What, what is he talking about? What kind of things is Paul saying that we are more than conquerors in? Well, if you read the seventh and eighth chapter, really the eighth chapter of the book of Romans, he helps us to know what that all is. And there are some, there are some broad categories that he speaks to in that eighth chapter. He speaks to, for example, in that eighth chapter, you'll find him speaking about weaknesses, our weaknesses, the things that are in our life that are weak, the things that are in our life that hold us back, our own feelings of not being good enough or strong enough or being able to overcome things. Paul speaks about those weaknesses in chapter 8. So as people get caught up in weaknesses, and we all do that, the weaknesses of our life, that we are not good enough, that we haven't been able to achieve enough, whatever those might be, we get caught up in those as believers, and they hold us back. They stop us from doing the things that God has designed and purposed us to do. Because inside that, we get caught up in the weaknesses of our life. And they happen all the time. It's the, it's the ebb and flow of everything that goes on, right? Our, our lives, the things that we feel good about one day and feel not so good about the next. Or those moments when we are, we are riding high with Jesus, right? Everything is going well. And then like next week, we just caved in and something happened and we, we just missed being obedient to God. 
And so Paul is speaking to that. We are more than conquerors inside our weaknesses. He also talks about the fact that we are more than conquerors inside our sufferings. That's a part of chapter 8, the sufferings that we have. We know a lot about Romans chapter 8, verse 28, where he talks about those who are, are the good things that are happening for those who are good, you know? That, and we get caught in that because that whole expansion of that thing talks about our sufferings, our problems, our issues, the things that we go through. Now, he's talking to believers in chapter 8 who are going through persecution, because of their faith, they're standing up for their faith, and they're going through persecution because of their faith. They're, they're suffering through that. Now, we may not today be suffering because we are believers, but there are people all around us who are suffering through issues of life. They're suffering with, through temptation, through addictions, through problems in their family, financial problems. They may be going through family problems. All the things that, that we suffer through Paul is speaking about those, and he is saying that you are more than conquerors through that. He is trying to take the believers who are in this, in this city that are being bombarded by the things that are going on around them in the world, and he's trying to point them toward where their victory is and by living in the presence of Christ. That's what he wants for us, that kind of victorious life, that kind of the fact that we are conquerors. Now, not only that, but also in chapter 8, he talks about that whole idea that we would get to of condemnation. We are condemned. He says we are no longer condemned. Now, sometimes we understand that sin condemns us because of how we're away from God. But sometimes we condemn ourselves. And condemnation is just the idea of, of feeling so bad about ourselves. Not being able to live in the presence of God because for some reason we don't think we deserve to live in the presence of God. And truthfully, there are some times where we don't. Maybe sin in our own lives, maybe struggles, maybe disobedience, maybe where we know that we're out of the will of God. But in those moments, Paul would point us back to say, no, inside even those things, even inside your condemnation of yourself, God's love is so great for you that he is going to conquer you. He is going to overcome you. The other thing that we see in this verse, that whole idea of in all these things, what are these things, is not just weakness and suffering and condemnation, but it's separation from God. Paul speaks to that. There are many people today who feel like they're separated from God. Some are separated from God because they have not trusted Christ as Lord and Savior. They have not trusted Jesus to, to forgive their sins and to give them a new life. Some believers feel like they're separated from God. We've done too much. We've done too many things. God can't love us anymore. Yeah, I remember when I became a Christian back then, but oh, I've walked through some dark days. I've done some horrible things, and now I, that's just not where God can love me anymore. But see, in this verse, G, Paul says to us that Jesus has allowed us to be more than conquerors in all these things, in suffering, in weakness, in self-condemnation, in the very idea that we're separated from God. No, we are conquerors. We're victorious inside that. Now, he also says in this first part that not only are we victorious, but when we're living in his presence, we are more than conquerors. That's an odd thing. We know what a conqueror is, right? You might think of Attila the Hun, who conquered Mongolia and China. You might think of Napoleon, who conquered France and so many other areas. You might think of, of other, other folks through the, through the history who has conquered nations. But Paul says we are more than conquerors. And that word more is the idea that it's complete. 
our conquering is complete. You see, when, when someone, an army, conquers a nation, they have to keep working at it, right, in order to keep it conquered. When Attila the Hun conquered all of Mongolia and China, he couldn't just sit back and rest. He had to, had to keep the forces right there. He had to keep everything right around him. When Julius Caesar conquered North Africa and, and Europe, he had to keep his forces there so that they could keep control of everything. Paul says, no, we are more than conquerors. And the word is, it's been completed. What has been completed? Eternal life, his love. You see, when Christ died on the cross, the completion for our sin being forgiven was paid. It was complete. It was done. There's nothing else we have to do to have forgiveness other than through Christ and what he did on the cross. He was in the grave for three days, and in the grave was death. That was a whole symbol of death, right? It was a, the symbol that in there, but, but Jesus was in the grave dead three days. It symbolized that death was right there, the death, our death, that he took upon himself. But then the Bible teaches us clearly that he rose from the dead in order to conquer sin and death and life eternal. So when Paul says in this verse that you are more than conquerors, he is saying to us, it is complete. It is done. You don't have to work at it anymore. You don't have to strive for it anymore. You don't have to say, man, I've got to do all these kind of things for God to love me, or I've got to be perfect for God to love me, or I've got to do this, this many kind of activities for God to love me. I've got to show up at church. I've got to show up at church this many times for God to love me. I've got to do all these nice things. No, Paul said it's complete. You have done it. Our sins have been destroyed, and we are living in his presence with that understanding. Now, that's a hard one for us. Because we get so caught up in weaknesses and suffering and all the things that go on around us that we miss what Paul says, that in his presence, that more is understanding his love, that more is accepting his love, that more is demonstrating. When we walk out the doors to our community, like 450 plus people did yesterday, walking into our, our neighborhood saying that we are demonstrating the fact that we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. It's done. It's complete. His love is finished. It is, it is so high, so complete, that that love we can rest in. And that's the second thing we want to see today, that there is victory in recognizing our position. Because sometimes we forget our position inside that. We forget that the faith that we have in Christ, and that's what we want to recognize, that this faith, this victory out of our faith position is so important to us. He tells us in the verse that, and actually the end of verse 39, where he says, that all these things will not be able to separate us from the love of God. Why? Because of the faith that we have placed in Jesus. The word separated in that passage means the idea of, of breaking or tearing apart. That's not going to be able to set nothing. Not one thing is going to be able to separate us from the faith that we have in Christ. Now, that's not how we feel sometimes. But remember, our faith is not based on our feelings. That's not how we act sometimes. But our faith has to come out and our, our actions has to come out of the faith we have. So sometimes our, our actions have to change in order to be living out the faith that we say we are in this position. The second part of that, not only is it a faith position, but it's a freeing position. And Paul uses that word when he talks about separation. It's also that idea of being set free from chains. Now, it's the idea that, that we are bound by that, but that whole imagery that Paul was talking about captives and, and being conquerors and everything that goes along with that, he is saying that there's freedom 
in his love. Do you sense that freedom? Do you know your position in that love? Does that that come out in your life as you demonstrate that to neighbors and coworkers and children and parents and spouses? Does, Does that come out in our lives? That that kind of love permeates everything we do because it's that freeing position in which we live in? And then he goes on to help us understand that it's not just that, but it's the future that is before us. So our victory of our faith position, our freeing position, and our future position. See, because what he says in this, he goes on to say, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor death, nor any other creature, created thing, will be able. Did you get that? Will be able. Now, it's already in the past. He's already provided his love. But here he says the future, everything that is before us. And sometimes, sometimes we fear the future so much. We fear what's going to happen in the future. Sometimes the, the past controls us. You know, the things we did in the past, it controls us. And, and the presence, it, it confuses us a lot of what's going on. But the future, that's what concerns us the most, it seems like. What's it going to be like out there? What's going to happen in the future? How's it gonna, what's, and, and, and Paul answers that for us. He says none of these things, they won't be able to. They will not be able to separate you from God's love, from who he is. Now, God's love is an eternal love that he has given to us, right? It's an understanding that he has provided eternal life for us. But he also tells us that he not only provides eternal life for us, but he has provided abundant life for us. So we live in that position, knowing that our faith and being free inside that, knowing that our faith and freedom comes to the future in which he has designed for you. You. That's amazing. Because in this passage, he says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, who's not able to separate us I take that pretty personally. I'm saying that I read that. He's talking about me. He knew me before I was born. And and even in that knowledge of who I was going to be, that that he provided a sacrifice. He provided the one who loves me. And nothing is going to be able to separate me from God's love. Now, he goes on to help us. Not only are we looking at victory in the presence and the position, but there's victory also in surrendering to his promise. Because, see, it takes, it takes us being willing to say yes to that. It takes us being willing to say, I'm surrendering to that. In this verse, verse 38, he gives us four comparisons. He says, as we look, for I am convinced, he says, persuaded, that neither death nor life, those are comparisons, right? Neither Things, neither angels or demons, neither things to come or things, or things in the present nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights or depth. So what he's done, he's given us four comparisons. He's, he's saying, I'm comparing death and life, angels and demons, things present, things to come, powers and distance, all those things. Now, in that, Paul virtually has covered everything. But he goes on to say, and all other things. Look at the rest of that verse. And he goes on to say, not only these four things, but there is nothing that's ever created that's going to be able to separate us from God's love. You, you need to hear that today, friends. 
We need to hear that for ourselves. We need to hear that for our families. We need to hear that for people that we are around every day who need Jesus. We need to help them to understand that no matter what they have been through, what life situations has brought into their life, they can find the love in Christ. Because it's in Christ that we recognize that this promise that he has given to us. These are, this is the understanding of all the promises that, that are from Christ. There's so many of them. Man, I wish we just had hours to look at all the promises that, that are ours because we're more than conquerors. It is complete. And if the promise has been made, then the promise has been completed. Where has it been completed? How has it been completed? It's been completed in Christ. And that's what he tells us in the last part of the last verse, that there's victory in claiming his power. It's about him. It's not about us. It's not about our weaknesses, our suffering. It's not about our condemnation of ourselves. It's, it's, it's about who he is, right? And Paul points that direction so clearly. Let's don't miss that. Let's not get caught up in stuff that goes on around us because Paul points us to Christ. And he, he says it in this way in this verse, right? He says, nothing's going to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He uses the word Christ as an understanding that he is the Messiah. He is, the, he, is the, he is God. That's what that word means. This, this God's love is, is in God himself, and it is Christ. He uses that word. He uses this phrase very intentionally. And he says, so here, everything about God's love is caught up in Christ, who is the Messiah, the one who everything was created by him and for him and in him. He is the one. Do you hear that? He is the one who's created all those things. This one you cannot be separated from his love. He is the victor. He is the one who is victorious in all that thing. And then he goes on to say it's not only Christ, but it's Christ Jesus. And that's how they knew Jesus. It's a personal name. It's his first name. It was Jesus that died on the cross. It was Jesus that rose from the dead. It was Jesus that walked with the disciples. It was Jesus that healed the sick, that helped the lame to walk again and the blind to see. It was Jesus who did all those things. And so Paul says this man, Jesus, who is Christ God, he is the one that you can't be separated from because he has completed the work in you. That's why we can walk in confidence. That's why we have victory in Jesus. And then he closes out this verse. He says that it is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The word Lord means king. It means he is the king. That we have to come to that place where we trust the king. We come to the fact that he is king of our lives. He is king of all the things that are around us. And as we begin to recognize his kingship, as we recognize the promises that come out of the fact that he is king, it, it makes everything different for us. It allows us to see the future in a new, fresh way. It allows us to recognize that he is power, and his power is the strength that we need in our lives because he is the king that we are going to trust. That makes the difference. 